Well, it's uh, always a joy and brings back a lot of memories getting to hear them sing and and uh, always amazes me because they get together, I think it was about midnight last night when they got together to be able to practice for a song, uh, when they finally, everybody got in and got babies to bed and all that kind of thing, and then they started working on this last night uh, for y'all, but I hope you enjoyed that. Um, once you go to Luke chapter 2, Luke chapter 2, we've been, uh, this month of December, I'm not a, a guy that, you know, does a lot of topics, but I just felt really impressed this month of December kind of to talk about uh, Christmas in, in, in a sense, and uh, and we we talked about who Jesus is. We talked about that he's the uh, the he's God. He's God Almighty, uh, not just a babe in a manger, but God Almighty. And we've talked about uh, just last week. He's the gift, and we sort of you know sort of symbolize that and and the the gift that uh, really has so many other gifts that come with him. When you open up that gift of Jesus Christ, it's not just salvation. He has so many things to offer, and we talked about uh, that last week. But I'm going to read through a lot of verses here, but, but there's a purpose behind it, and uh, I think it's a, it's a great story, of course. In uh, Luke chapter 2, verse 1, it's the story of the Christmas story that we read so often, but it says, It came to pass in those days that there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. Sounds like America. Amen. And it says, this taxing was first made when Cyrenius was governor of Syria, and all went to be taxed, everyone into his own city. And Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea, unto the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be taxed with Mary, his espoused wife, being great with child. And so it was that while they were there, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. And there were in the country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. And it came to pass, as the angels were gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds said one to another, Let us now go even unto Bethlehem and see this thing which has come to pass, which the Lord hath made known unto us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. And when they had seen it, they made known abroad the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all they that heard it wondered at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told unto them. 
And when eight days were accomplished with the circumcising of the child, his name was called Jesus, which was so named of the angel before he was conceived in the womb. And when the days of her purification, according to the law of Moses, were accomplished, they brought him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every male that openeth the womb shall be called holy to the Lord. And to offer a sacrifice according to that which is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. And behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon, and the same man was just and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Ghost was upon him, and it was revealed unto him by the Holy Ghost that he should not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And he came by the Spirit into the temple, and when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him after the custom of the law, then took he him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now lettest thou thy servant depart in peace according to thy word, for mine eyes have seen thy salvation, which thou hast prepared before the face of all people, a light to lighten the Gentiles and the glory of thy people Israel. And Joseph and his mother marveled at those things which were spoken of him. And Simeon blessed them and said unto Mary his mother, Behold, this child is set for the fall and rising again of many in Israel, and for a sign which shall be spoken against. Yea, a sword shall pierce through his own soul also, and the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. And there was one Anna, a prophetess, the daughter of Phanuel of the tribe of Aser, he, she was of a great age and lived with an husband seven years from her virginity. And she was a widow of about fourscore and four years, which departed not from the temple, but served God with fastings and prayers night and day. And she coming in that instant gave thanks likewise unto the Lord and spake of him to all them that looked for redemption in Jerusalem. That's a long passage of Scripture, but a very important passage of Scripture and important to what I want to try to present today. And I'm not sure exactly how this is going to land or how it's going to hit with everybody, but, but I, I really want to use this passage and just show you uh, so, what I believe some important things, and then, and then we'll jump into our message. Father, I pray that you bless here today again. Lord, I need your presence, your power. Lord, I... It is a hard thing, honestly, uh, as a preacher to have your mind and heart prepared when there's so much going on and a lot with family and a lot of preparation and a lot of people and a lot of needs. Even this morning, it just seemed like there was a lot of extra needs around the church, a lot of things that needed to be taken care of and, and, and handled, so to speak. So, Father, I pray right now, I need you. I need your presence. Holy Spirit, I ask you to fill me with your presence, your power. I ask you to give me clarity of mind and strength of body for a few moments. Dear God, I ask you to speak through me, for I can't say anything that would help anybody, but you can and you will. So I trust you. I believe you. I depend on you. And Father, in the name of Jesus, I bind Satan from this place. He has no right here, no place here. He has no authority here, not where Jesus is. And Lord, I ask him to please bless us. Amen. This is a 
and it's, it's an exciting day for all the, the, the kids uh, all around and around this property and, and all to different levels. And I don't know if uh, many of you uh, really, you know, what your Christmases were like. Mine were uh, pretty exciting times. It was really hard to go to sleep tonight. Uh, that New Year's, I mean, New Year's Christmas Eve is very hard to go to sleep. It's hard to, to get to sleep. And, and uh, you know, as time went on, Mom and Dad really wanted us to go to sleep really early so we could get up really early so that we could have Christmas so they could go back to bed. And, uh, and but, you know, we usually, uh, you know, the, us as boys, we would stay up all night long. One year we got a pool table and and we got it about midnight, and I think about midnight the next night, Christmas night, we were still playing, and we pretty much, uh, and we played it for about three days, and then we were the clampets. We put a, a plywood on top of it and used it as a kitchen table, and so, but uh, uh, it was a great time, and, and it, it really is an exciting time for a, for a lot of people, and a lot of, and it's exciting to have family home, I think, and so, Amen. Uh, but today I want to take a look at this passage of scripture, but I'm going to start it off and I'm going to start it off. It's going to sound a little bit, uh, a little bit negative, but, but I'm not being, I just want to try to relate to you and to give an illustration. But today, uh, and hopefully you're not part of it, but if you are, you know, I apologize, but it's just the truth. But today the, the charismatic sees that little baby as the Holy Spirit and a miracle healer. You know, that's a lot of that, you go to Africa, a lot of that, it's all about, uh, you know, healings and all the things that go on. Now, do I, do I believe Jesus can heal? You better believe it. I believe you, you, that we ought to anoint and pray for people, but there's no, there's no healing into these hands. Uh, you may fall down when I slap you, but, uh, <laughs> but it, it's, it, it'd be from my power, not God's. Now, uh, but what I want to talk about today is this. Who do you see in the manger? And I started to mess up our display out here and bring, bring the little manger scene up here. But well, when you walk out there and you see that little manger scene, who do you see in the manger? And as I said, the charismatic today sees him as the Holy Spirit and a miracle healer. To the health and wealth gospel, he's a provider. To those enamored with grace, he's a bundle of love. To, works, to the works religion, he's an intimidating God. To the religious, he's a babe in a manger to be thought about on December the 25th. But to Mary, he was her firstborn son. To the angels, he was the heralded Savior, the Christ the Lord. To the shepherds, he was the babe sought and found. To Simeon, he was the consolation of Israel, the Lord's Christ, salvation. To Anna, he was redemption in Israel. And, and, and this is real brief, and, and, and I, you know, obviously, I was, uh, as I said, I would try to make uh, this uh, kind of concise today, sure. But, but it's amazing, in just this little brief passage of Scripture, and all those things I just told you, those come from the Scripture we just read. It says from the very beginning, and she brought forth her firstborn son. That's who she saw. And then it says, born this day in the city of David, a Savior. And it says, you shall find a, a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes. And so they were looking 
for a babe, and a babe lying in the manger, and a child, uh, what they were looking for, the consolation of Israel, uh, and the Lord's Christ, and, and uh, salvation, has, he saw him, and uh, the people, the glory of God, and the light of, uh, gen, uh, light of the Gentiles, and the glory of God's people, and, and he was redemption to Israel, and so, uh, so many people in just one little passage saw him in a different way. And we see even in the life of Mary and the angels and the shepherds and Simeon, we see that they saw him. It's amazing how one person could be seen in so many different ways. And the truth is, he's all of those things that we talked about and he's so much more. The problem is not that you believe he's a miracle worker and a healer. The problem is, is, that, is that that's all you believe he is. It's not that. Now, everything that I mentioned, Jesus is. Truthfully, each of us sees him a little differently right now in our thoughts. If somehow we could sort out all of our thoughts about who we think Jesus is, we would, we would think he's different. That so many differences would be seen here. We'd be thinking differently about him. Truthfully, each of us sees him differently. But watch this now. Each of us sees him differently individually during a different time of need. We see him differently as our need changes. But listen, the song says, what child is this? Well, this child is called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. He's the Lamb of God. He's the Great Shepherd. He is the way, the truth, the life, the door. He is the true vine. He is the bread of life. He is the light of the world. He is salvation. He's the rock that is higher than I. He is the builder, the foundation, our cornerstone. And that's mighty wonderful because he's everything that we're putting our feet on. He is our foundation. He is our high priest, our daysman, our intercessor. Boy, I love that. He ever liveth to make intercession for us. He is the gift of God. He is true. He is life. He is the just one. He's the author and finisher of our faith. That's what's incredible. He wrote how to, ha he, he told us how to have faith. He, he provided faith and he said, I'll finish what I started in you. He's the lamb slain before the foundation of the world. He is the deliverer. He's the promised Messiah. He is the judge. Notice, notice the balance of everything that he is. He, he doesn't just, it's not all just love. He loves, he has love beyond compare. He has love that's unlimited. He's also a judge. He is the king of kings, God of gods, and Lord of lords. Watch this. He is my savior. Amen. He is, hey, are you saved today? Say it. He is my Savior. He is my Savior. He's my hope. I have no hope but in Him. There's sometimes that I just, I can't go anymore. I can't do anymore. I can't figure my way out of this, but He's still my hope. I, I love this, but He's my brother. You know, I, I tell oh, Satan that often as he tries to attack me. I said, hey, 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 wait a minute. I'm a child of God, a joint heir with Jesus Christ. He's my elder brother. Do you understand? When I use his name, I have a right to. I'm related to him. He's my portion. 
He's my helper. He's my physician. He's my healer. I, I was, I was uh, uh, out and just asked the Lord to, to, to just lead me to a passage of Scripture. And I was at the hospital. My brother is at the hospital again with, with heart issues and the flu and, and so many things. And I was there yesterday. I believe it was yesterday. Or, uh, but when, when, I, when he went in there, the ambulance, and I got there, and I, and I was there at the hospital, and I said, Lord, I just need, a, I need something to read. I need a, a song to read. I need you to direct me. He took me to, to Psalm 30. Watch this now. This is how good God is. Look, at, turn, to, turn to Psalm 30 just re, re, real quickly. And uh, I didn't have this planned, so I'm not there. So hold on. But God has some things planned. But I just said, Lord, lead me to, to something. He said, I will extol thee, O Lord, for thou hast lifted me up and hast not made my foes to rejoice over me. Listen to this. O Lord, my God, I cry unto thee, and thou hast healed me. I thought, that's where God took me. And I said, Lord, that's it. Thank you. I, I walked out in confidence about 1130 at night. I said, you know what? He's going to be all right. Because you told me, you took me to that passage. He had healed me. And he even goes on from there so much more that he, that he says in there. But he's, he's, my, he's my Lord. He's my master. Do you understand? We're supposed to let God be God and be Lord of our lives. It's not us to decide what we want and what, what we're going to do. It's kind of... One of the issues I had to take care of this morning is a couple of, you know, we're getting more teenage boys on the buses now, and so we're getting more issues, and, and, uh, and so a couple of them just kind of wandered in here, and I said, fellas, where are you supposed to be? And, and they said, you know, you know, mumble, 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 and I said, no, you're coming with me, and we got about two minutes before the service to start, but I've taken them over there, and I, I sent them down. I said, fellas, do you understand? I, look, we love you, but you got one choice when you arrive here. You know what? You got one choice uh, all this morning. Your choice is this. Are you coming or are you not coming? Because if you come after that, you do what we say, not what you say. You don't like that? We, you're going to do what we say, not what you say. And so uh, you just better just sit out. Now, you have a choice from this point on. You can come or not come. But when you come, your choice is just ended. Because we can't have chaos. I don't know, I just thought about that. But anyway, my Lord and my master, you know, somebody's supposed to be in charge. And in this old world, somebody's supposed to be in charge. He's my Lord, my master. He's, watch this now, and this is what we forget. He's my example. Boy, that's where Christianity is lacking today, realizing that he is my example. And watch, he's not just my example, he's my teacher, and he's teaching me how to live according to his example. Did y'all know that? It's, it, I like this. How long could we continue this list forever? You know, the truth is, he, he is all in all, he created all, and he sustains all. Every night when I walk out there, I look up at the sky, and I think, I, I, I always pray, God, you are my sustainer. My sustainer. You know why? Because everything that's supposed to be where it's supposed to be is where it's supposed to be. Do you know that above man's influence, everything is exactly the way it's supposed to be? 
It's just when you get down to man's influence that everything gets messed up. Every breath we take, every day we see the sun rise and set, every time we see the stars above or the sun or the moon to shine, it is through the mighty, sustaining power of Jesus Christ. He spoke it all into existence, and it continues to exist by his word. And when he speaks again, it'll all be obliterated. It's, it, look, he, it's all held together by God Almighty, and his name is Jesus Christ. As we enter into the eve before the celebration of his birth, and we stop to think about this little thing, how do we really see him? As we are entering in here and moving toward the birth of Christ, how do we see him? Do we see him as a wonderful, sweet babe in a manger? Do we see that little baby and immediately picture a dying Savior on a cross? Or do we look at him and say, no, what I see is a coming conqueror on a white horse? How do we see him? You know, each of us has multiple relationships. And we're seen by those around us by the relationships that we have with them. You know, I, uh, to my children that are here this morning, I'm their father. And that's a relationship that I have, and it's a relationship that I, I cherish with them. To my grandchildren, I'm pop-up. And I love being pop-up. To my brothers, I'm a brother. To my friends, I'm I want to be a friend. To this church, I'm the pastor. To my wife, I'm her husband. But with Jesus, the opportunities are endless. And they are as endless as the needs of man. He is what you need. Today I see him as one who, for me... And this is the, what God led me to in this message. Today I see him as the one who came to us to become like us. That we might come to him, that we might be like him. 2 Corinthians 5.21 says, For he hath made him to be sin for us, who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. You know, he came to become sin for us so that we could become righteousness in him. That's amazing. First John chapter 3, verse 2 says, Beloved, now are we the sons of God, and it doth not yet appear what we shall be. But we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. You know, people, uh, listen, we can be like Jesus, and that's supposed to be our goal as a Christian. It's not to live by uh, this freedom to live however we want to live. That's not what God gave us freedom for. That's not what God gave us liberty for. He gave it to us so we could choose to be like him. 
to live like him. Now look, all of us are at different stages of that, and I'm so far away from being like him. But I was talking to a pastor the other day, my older man, and I said, you know, I'm so thrilled that at your age, you're still desiring to grow and to learn. And I said, that's my heartbeat. I understand I'm not there, and I've got so far to go, but bless God, as they say, I'm not what I was. And all of us need to be desiring to be more like him. And it's not because, and i got to go back and I've illustrated before, it's not picking up a, a chain or a necklace and saying, WWJD, what would Jesus do? That's a great statement. If you really go the only place, it tells you what he would do. we got to let the word of God tell us. It's not something we, we contrive in our minds. It's not something we decide and then we try to prove it. It's something that we let the Bible tell us. And we let the Holy Spirit convict us. You know, if there's a great need right now, we need to see in, this, in that little cradle, we need to realize that that's a convictor there. Oh, he came not to condemn us, but listen, listen, when he, when he, when Jesus came, his life should convict us. To be like Jesus, that's all I ask, to be like him. You know, when we look down in that little babe in the manger, that ought to be our desire. That's what I see. I look down and I, and I think immediately, he came, he came, and he became what I am, to give me the opportunity, the hope of becoming like him. I see one who came to us to become like us, that we might come to him, that we might become like him. He came by the will of the Father, and he expects me to live by his will. He came to bring life, and he expects me to live that life for him. He came to show us how to live, and he expects us to live, and to live more abundantly. He came to seek and save that which was lost, and he expects me to seek to see the lost saved. Salvation is a gift to us from the Savior. This purchase price, and this is what I think we don't realize some, so often, is that we look at the cross and we say, Jesus purchased our eternal life there. And it's true. But do you understand that in reality, the moment of his birth began the purchasing process? Did you know the moment you're born, you're not living you're dying. From the very first time you take a breath, you are a breath closer to death. A breath closer to eternity. So his whole process, his whole purchase process began in the manger. The gift he desires for us, he purchased the purchase price of this gift began to be paid the moment he, he came in a body that was born to die. The gift he desires for each of us is to love him and to live for him. So my question is, who do you see? Who do you see when you look down in the manger? 
a baby called Jesus, a baby that, that December 25th we're supposed to have a celebration of some sort. I say, as you see him, what you need to say, Father, what's, what do I need that would help me to be more like thee? What weakness do you have? Oh, preacher that I had, my preacher for years and years, he would say that you, you know, what you do, everybody's got mountaintops and they got valleys. He said, what we want to do is we want to work on bringing our valleys up. So many people work on their strength and just keep getting stronger and stronger while their weaknesses just remain. We work on getting their valleys up. But, you know, what we need to do is look and say, Lord, what do I need in my life that would truly make me more like thee? And I don't mean that I can snap my fingers. It, it, Anybody, anybody in here, you know there's an area of your life that, that really needs to be corrected and you've been working on it for a long time? Yeah. But here's, keep working on it. Just keep working on it. You say, what happens when I fail? Well, a just man falls seven times and rises up again. I call it hitting the reset button. When I start drifting, and I'm, man, I'm fighting this fight, and, and I get like everybody else, it's like, you know what, I'm not winning this one, so I might as well give up on it. But about that time is when I say, you know, I just kind of slap myself, because ain't nobody else going to slap me. But <laughs> I just kind of slap myself, and I say, you know what, I got to punch the reset button. Uh, something that, that I've gotten weary in well-doing, and something started to creep in, and so now I got to let me. I know you're looking out there and saying, Brother Hooker, Aren't you supposed to be saying all these happy things? It's Christmas. What I'm trying to do is if I can get across to you that at the end of Christmas, you could be happier if you take a hard look at who you are right now and what need, what is in your life right now that if you allow it to take charge over the Christmas holidays, at the end of the holidays, you're going to feel guilty, dirty, and unhappy. If there's anything like that in there, if there's something that you're going to see, there's something that you're going to do, there's something that you're going to taste, there's something you're going to say, is there anything in there that you just need to say, Lord, I see you as the one who can meet my need to overcome this. I always love it when I preach and it gets so quiet. <laughs> he does not, be, I want you to understand this, he does not become what you need. He's not a genie to rub. Do you understand? Here's, he is already what you need. He's everything already. So it's not like, oh, come on now. Let me, you know, get, uh, let me see if I can manipulate in Jesus what I need. No, he's already all that you need. All you have to do is look to him and yield to him.
So what do you need? Who do you need? And when you look back at the mangers again, and we've got displays everywhere. When you walk out today and you look at that manger, look at it and say, please, Lord, meet my need. And it's not the need of give me, give me. It's the need that will change me. The need that will make me more like me. And I'm just saying, it, it may be salvation. You may look there and say, I finally have to trust him. He is Savior. But most of us are saved. But I don't know that any of us have really arrived in this Christian life. And what I'm, 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 I'm desiring, and I'm about done, I said, I'm gonna, this is a miracle of Christmas. I'm going to end at noon. It's one day a year. The miracle of Christmas is really that God can come and he can change whatever is our need to be more like him. Whatever it is. And if we will allow him to help us over the next 24, 48 hours, we can finish Christmas Day and get up on the 26th and say, it's been good. God is good, and I feel good. It's just a whole lot better. I say this one because I got thirty seconds. Have you ever fought and fought and fought, and then you gave in, and then spent days and weeks and months in regret? And went to the Lord nine dozen times and said, please forgive me, please forgive me, please forgive me. Let me help you. He already did. But wouldn't it be better just not to feel that? Wouldn't it be better not to sense that? Father, I pray that you'd bless. Lord, I pray that you'd help everybody in here to have the most wonderful Christmas time and that could be possible. Sweet Jesus, we need you. 